Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Why the hell this continues to happen? It hurts. It sucks that the basketball purists continue to see referees dictate results man and tonight was another night javi ty man oh man what where do we start where do we start man well let's watch uh the man who was live can we hear him i think we'll take his point of view but oh maybe mute his mic oh can you hear me Leo? yep yep hey, hey man what was yours Seeing that shit up close and personal, man. I think there's there's two big takeaways, two positives. I think, hey, first off, Darren Fox to All-Star. For that sure. That was a smooth operator. When we were down by three, he knocked down a clutch two. And then, of course, we don't foul for like a million seconds. And then we let we foul at the very end. Like, what kind of uh, basketball? Low basketball, that? Like basketball IQ. IQ is that? <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. And then, yeah, secondly, man, like, I, I hey. Leo knows this. I was putting this in the group chat. I was bagging on Sabonis. I was like, dude, he's soft. I don't know what he's doing. He's the only dude on this team that rebounds. And I was giving him flack for getting in foul trouble. Well, that's what's going to happen. We got to play help defense on everything because nobody yep. stay in front of their man. Yep. But yeah, my last note was, hey, we're going to see that two-minute report. And just like the Tyler Hero travel, they're going to say Kevin Herter got fouled. But guess what? It don't matter because we lost the game. All, all these after the after the uh, game analysis, like it's stupid. Like, what's the point of going out there and saying you made a mistake? Like, how come all these players get fined, but none of these referees get fined for making mistakes? It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Well, we appreciate your input, brother. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the rest of your night if you can, because it's a tough one. Uh, I'll catch you guys. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, Todd. All right, Javi. Man, what was your biggest takeaway from tonight? You know, in the year 2022, as a Kings fan, as a Kings reporter, somebody who covers a team with you in the Cabo Kina basketball zone, try to show upside and productivity in the mindset that we have. I mean, the Kings battled the Warriors 180 degrees different than how they played them the first time they played about a week or two ago, and they even lost that contest by only five points with a tremendous comeback. Nonetheless, we're unhappy with the result, but we're playing competitive basketball. Like, I'm not... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very unsettled and uh, have great dismay for that non-call at the end um, and the way we committed that foul way too late uh, on Golden State's last possession on Steph Curry. But nonetheless, the Sacramento Kings play with the champs to the last second. Everyone's going to say the Warriors suck, the Warriors defense ain't it. Huh, bro, it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steve Kerr, and they got four chips. So until somebody can have that pedigree resume and say, hey – 
when we can beat them consistently, but also play with them consistently, I'll take that each and every night because if you can play with the Warriors like that, you can play with anybody. And I'm not saying the, the Kings can play with every team in the NBA consistently, but for the last three, four, five games, the Kings have played proficient basketball in regards to competing throughout the entirety of the contest and even made comebacks. They were down 12 early on to start that game, and they had to lead up to 12 before the half ended in the first half. I mean, granted, yeah, they blew the lead, in, but it's Steph Curry. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, him forbid Steph Curry got hurt, but if Steph Curry is on that team or he doesn't have that night, the Warriors get blown out. Like, and the ref, I mean, the, the microcosm of that game in a nutshell was when the ref looked at Malik Monk and Kevin Herter, that's a, we don't respect the Kings. And this might sound really ignorant and emotional prison moment, but if I'm one of the Kings players, I'm going out there and hitting one of them refs in the teeth. <laughs> no, like any game, and I'm just going to let the precedent be known. Like Mike Brown said after the uh, just tremendously god-awful call in Miami, we're not going to be judged on our past mistakes because of past regimes. I'm tired of the Kings getting the short end of the stick because they don't take us serious. Well, you go and respect us, and you're going to call the game with integrity. And if you don't like it, it's okay because you're going to get hit in the mouth. And if I got to take a player to get five games, ten games suspension, then so be it. So because this is what he said. So 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 he huh? so so Mike Brown said this after the game. I feel bad for our guys. It's tough being a Sacramento King. I think because Kevin got fouled. I asked the ref if it was a foul. He said no. It was clearly a foul. The NBA knows it's a foul, and basically all they'll tell us is they missed a call, but you still lost. And it's not just about missing a call. It's about they want to hold the players and coaches accountable for their actions from, you know, uh, Kyrie Irving to Ime Adoka to whoever it may be. Yeah, the circumstance is different. But wrong is wrong and right is right. I don't care what level wrong it is, what level right it is. They get paid millions of dollars, too, and I don't care if their salaries are lower. The facial expression he made to look at Kevin Hurd is like, bro, who are you talking to? Yo, I'm an NBA basketball player at the pro level. Who you think you're looking at like that? And if I got to sit there and knock you in your teeth to make you respect <laughs> our team, then I'm going to do it. Because if anybody wants to sit there and take these nine months of preparation that they put in since they, you know, uh, more or less finished off their 2021-2022 campaign when their season was inevitably over, March of, you know, February or March of last season, then I'm going to let you know I'm, we're not here to be played with. We're not here to be messing around. We're here to win basketball games. And if you can't call the game fairly and put away the pride that you have and the preconceived notion of the Kings from the last 15, 16 years, then we're going to have a problem. And if i got to have you get hit in the mouth for you to start calling the game with some integrity each and every night in every game, then so be it. Because that's two times in a week that the Kings have got hosed because the ref said, I'm not giving you guys no break. I'm not giving you break. I'm not going to give you guys the benefit of the doubt because that means I got to work longer. It means I got to go review a uh, uh, you know, call. It means I have to go extend the game because, you know, then there's going to be an extra possession, uh, an overtime period, a foul attempt, et cetera. Nah, I'm just going to give it to the better team and the team that has more popularity and all that. I'm done with that. Yeah, and that's I might, tough. I mean, it might be a moment, but I don't care. If I'm Alex Lynn, if I'm Malik Monk, I go over there, I hit him in his mouth and say, what'd you say? <laughs> well, well, hey, repeat what you said. And people all say, oh, you sound ignorant. Okay. Well, the Kings are three and six and got hosed in two different games. That's they they should be like five and three right now. If you really count the Portland game, they should be six and three. But nonetheless, the the, the Miami game should went to overtime, and this game this should have been three point uh three point field goal opportunity. Or well, the Kings could have won the game in regular time in Miami because if that don't count, like yes. the they get the ball. ball back with about four seconds, five seconds. So yeah, I 
It's it's unbelievable. Great point here by Tyson. Why did the refs count Steph's three when it was a successful challenge and he kicked out his leg? So to me, he created the space because he kicked out the leg. And that's what I was referring to in my last tweet where I said the ba- the, the Sacramento Kings as, as an organization, they have low basketball IQ. And I'll get into that in a little bit. And the second part of that was the fact that these refs cost him the game. And it's not just on the last play. It's on plays like this where Steph Curry pushes off Kevin Herter to, to, to score the three that put him on top to regain the lead. That's an offensive foul. No call. No way you should be able to get away with that. Second of all, this play right here. You kick out your leg. You, you create contact. You create space. That's an offensive foul, if anything. So another missed call. And they're going to go back on the tuna report and say, oh, we missed it. My bad. So that means nothing. Let's get to David and what he said. Why they foul so late? That's exactly what I'm referring to, bro. This team has low basketball IQ. And I even point out the coaching staff as well because the coaching staff is right next to them. They should have been like, foul, foul right away. And, and for some reason, they wanted to trap him. Yet you have nine seconds left on the sh- on the game clock, you're not going to trap this man. You're not going to get any calls. So if you have any hope of getting a jump ball on Steph Curry with under nine seconds, you're wasting your time. And that's what they did. They fouled with a, with 1.3 seconds left. What a joke of a team in terms of basketball IQ and awareness. You have to know how much time is left. You have to know who has the ball. You're not going to get that call. It's just stupid to not foul. And again, th- this team always disappoints me in so many ways, man. I, I am I am very... I'm more upset on that, honestly, because that took away all chances from you. You know Steph Curry's going to make two free throws. So why would you foul him with the second left when you could have had plenty of time to run that good ATO and, and then you put yourself in a situation to where you leave the game in the hands of referees who already don't respect you. So 1.3 seconds left, you throw up a heaver. Yes, you got fouled, but you could have had eight seconds left, seven seconds left to actually run a play. Now you're in trouble. So a lot of that goes to the Kings as well, man, for putting themselves in a bad situation. But it is what it is. The Kings got to move forward, man. A lot of po- Lots of positives tonight. A lot of rush shots in the fourth quarter. But if we talk about Sabonis, which Ty talked about, he does all the little things. He grabs every board that he can. He gets fouled all game long, but doesn't get calls. Javi, what did you think about Sabonis's game overall tonight? Like I told Ty in the group chat, the Cowboy King of Bass was on group chat. Need to calm down, and you know, as a wise man uh, taught me to say, "Calmate," you know. Calmate, Javier. Calmate, Javier. Just relax, because at the end of the day, Sabonis. Had a fantastic game. 19 points, 14 boards, 6 assists. But everyone's so quick to say he's soft. He can't play in the interior defensively. He had a five-game stretch where he was bad to start the season. Again, <clears throat> you think the Kings have good basketball IQ? Or I think they've – I won't say flipped 180 degrees from the last three seasons with Walton and Gentry, but I think they've improved significantly with their basketball IQ. I mean, yeah, they – granted, Steph Curry had 47 – Wiggins had 25, but nobody else on that team had anything going offensively. Clay looked like a shell of himself. Draymond played like Draymond. Kevon Looney was a rebound monster, but had no points. I mean, where was did, did uh looking at the stat line? Jordan Poole had one bucket. 
again, like they fouled him late in the shot clock. I feel like they should have just played it out, but no, the shot clock was off, so they should have obviously fouled sooner. But again, I'm not going to get off this notion that until the Kings are going to get respect from the referees and you stop seeing that face of the referees and they look at the Kings players after the dismay and, you know, most importantly, disgust from the Kings player after a non-call or call, I'm just going to go out there, I'm going to hit a ref in the teeth. I'm just going to go punch him in the mouth and say, you know what? What do we have to lose? Absolutely nothing. Because at the end of the day, I'm here to do what? Play basketball and win us games. And until the Kings get respect, like every other team gets in this NBA, in the NBA rather, the majority, if not all, then I'm not going to sit there and just sit there, or I'm accepted. Because they might come up with a two-minute report and say, yeah, they made a mistake. I don't want to hear that. Because if you make a mistake, you need to own up to it and correct it. The Kings aren't going to get a, oh, we can replay the last three seconds. So they're not going to play the Miami Heat, say, oh, we'll replay the last four or five seconds. No, they're not. The Kings have to take that loss, be three and six, and who knows, come April when they, you know, you know, knock on wood, they missed the eight seed by a game, or they missed the ten seed by a game. Get Javi courtside to knock that referee in the mouth, man. If y'all buy me the tickets, uh, <laughs> in the audience, anybody watching, I'll do it. Hey, just make sure. Just make sure you have a good there. attorney. If I get escorted out by the security, make sure you give me a ride home. But I know this. I'm gonna go out there. The rest says, "Ah, oh, you're you're a Sacramento King. What? Come here. What you said? Bow! Hit him right in his teeth. I'm like, okay, what? I gotta hit you in the mouth. What you gotta say now? And I guarantee that narrative is gonna change around the league. It might be, oh, we're frightened to call the Sacramento Kings games, or we're scared to be refereeing the games. Oh well, oh well, because we're scared about what you're gonna call in a game as a fan and as a team, as an organization, because we know that you have a bias you know, subconsciously in your brain and the way you think because you're so ignorant and you don't think with uh, practicality, rather you think with bias because of the person you are because you're privileged and you have, you know, a NBA referee salary and you think, who's going to tell me or show me or tell or, you know, teach me how to do things. I'm an NBA rep. That's all fine and dandy, but it don't mean you don't do things wrong, but you can't tell the refs anything. I mean, you've seen the report that came about 20, 20 Brothers about last, you know, Saturday or so, give or take. Like, that's just one example, but, you know, until somebody in the Kings... Like, similar instance, but different when when that uh, Memphis Grizzly player, Jonas Valanciunas, had hurt one of the Kings players, uh, Metsu, and they had uh, Allison say, hey, no, 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 we're done with that. Now it's time to let the, let the league know about the NBA refs. If y'all want to keep doing that, it's good. We're just going to start knocking out the refs. And if you want to spin our team, what, what do we got to lose anyway? What, 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 what do we got to lose? Like, let me know what we have to lose. What? We lose, we lose Alex Lynn or a player for five games? So what? Like, there's been three games this year that have been decided by bad calls from an official and not from the Kings playing bad. The Kings might have blew this game, but when did the Kings play the Warriors down to the last second? When when the Warriors were without Steph, Clay, and Draymond, or two to three, or last time they had uh, Dave Yeager at the helm, and they played him probably, I believe it was like the 14th of December 2018, because I have a great memory. And they had, you know, that's when they looked really good. They were up and down the court, they had Durant. But that was a long time ago. That was a really long time ago. The Kings came to play, and granted, they can say the Warriors are not the worst of the champions. Like, I, I don't want to hear that. So, Well, as you said, Harrison Barnes, 22 minutes, zero oh. points. Just oh. unacceptable on so many levels. 0 of 3, 0 of 4. Does he do something sometimes that you like? Sure. But is it enough to quantify, you know, 18 mil per season? No. Hell no. So 
And I look and at Harrison Barnes, right, 100%. When we look at Harrison Barnes as a whole, you got to hold him accountable. He's a vet of this team or one of the vets on this team. And it's just something that you cannot have. Zero points. Man, that is that is tough to overcome, especially when Steph Curry had 47. You can't have that. I understand that Monk had an exceptional game. He played 31 minutes tonight. But if you just give this team four points, you win this game. Like It's just that minimal. It's that much of a difference. Harrison Barnes needs to be better. He's had a rough year. I think right now he's averaging, let me see what he is, from three-point land for the season, he's at 18.5%. That's a disrespect to the game of basketball. Like You cannot allow a guy to start shooting 18% from beyond the arc. If you're going to do that, you might as well start KZ, who hasn't seen a single minute since he got benched, which is unbelievable by Mike Brown. I don't know what the hell is happening there. If you want... To score zero points, at least he's going to get good defense, lock-up defense, physical defense from KZ. We'll see what happens there. If the Kings are some some way, somehow trying to showcase Harrison Barnes, uh, it's not working because he's not doing them any favors right now. So his value is really low, and it's unfortunate. But we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to Kevin Hurd in a little bit, but your thoughts on Harrison Barnes tonight? I mean, the irony situation is, like I said in the group chat all summer, I, I would still call Philadelphia and say, how many picks do you now? And I want to give you Harrison, Barnes, and Rashawn Holmes for Tobias Harrison. Do you get Ben Tobias. Simmons? I mean, yeah, the deal presents itself. But I'm still looking at Tobias Harris. Do you want Tobias Bias over, over Ben Simmons? Well, let me finish my statement, please, Leo. Hold on, brother. So I'm, I'm calling the Sixers. I'm, I want Matisse Thibel and Tobias Harris for Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes, and even a future first-round pick protected. Obviously, if Ben Simmons is up for that type of package, yeah, you make that deal because Tobias Harris is a lot older, if not at least a few years older than Ben Simmons. And you get Ben Simmons for as low as you'll ever get him in regards to value, and you're not going to have to give up a pick to go get uh, Ben Simmons from the Brooklyn Nets. You have essentially now because of how bad Harrison has been playing and the lack of playing time that Rashawn is getting and the productivity as well with him, you're probably going to throw in a first-round pick. I mean, you're talking about how Harrison Barnes is playing, not – anywhere near his uh, potential and what he's done in the past. Past year, like I, ch- like I said previously, they should have traded him in the summer when they had the opportunity. The the, the Pickens were a lot more uh, obese, for lack of a better term, than they are now. The Pickens are real slim now. But now you look at it, Rashawn didn't even play tonight. Didn't even play. Like, he's not even playing. And you paying him $12 million a year to be your backup center? Nah, homie, I can't accept that. I just can't accept that. I, I just can't do it. There's no way I can accept that. And yeah, it's, it's not about him being a bad player. Maybe he's not a not a fit. You know, Ty said he's not a good fit. Uh, maybe the role isn't correct. Whatever it may be, they need to find something with him, whether he's going to play. Because there's no way you can tell me that they need to have a, a lineup where if Sabonis is the only center on the court on the team, and without him on the floor, they're going to run a no-center lineup. That That's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Because I, I can't sit there and say – no, we can't sit there and say if Rashawn Holmes was a warrior, he would be getting minutes as a backup center or a starter. That's ridiculous. He'd be getting minutes regardless. I don't want to hear the whole Matt. No, 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 no. Because Demonis ain't playing all 48 minutes. Demonis going to play about 35, 38 minutes. And, and and Rashawn should be getting 13 to 19 minutes a night. At the least. At the least. He didn't touch the court today. That is unacceptable. And unequivocally 
just in every respect, just a bad sign if they're trying to, like you said with Harrison, show off what he can do to, to the league. Well, not playing him, obviously it won't hurt his value, but it's not increasing it. Like, <laughs> like, not, they're like, oh, yeah, we want to see what he can do now that he's not playing. No. I mean, if you're not playing in Sacramento right now as Devonis' backup, what are, you, what are you showing to the NBA that you're not ready to play backup center when you were a starter for the Kings for three-plus seasons? That's not a good look. And, yeah, yeah. if they're not going to have any production from Harrison, they need to go play KZ and the other guy that they keep bringing up and back from, you know, Stockton and Sacramento. Play play a wing that can just play some defense because Harrison didn't do anything tonight. And it's not a good thing anything against Harrison, but at this time and at this moment that we're currently in, Harrison, you're making too much money, you're getting too many minutes, and you have too many years in the NBA to be making that sort of productivity prevalent or lack thereof. And that's just facts. Right. No fiction. Kevin Herter tonight, 32 minutes, 11 points, 3 of 6, minus 13 in the plus-minus department. I thought he played okay defensively. He continues to get lost. And, you know, he's he's not terrible, but he's not good. So it's just one of those things where if you're Mike Brown down the stretch, you have Keegan there. Yeah, uh, I think he went with Terrence uh, Terrence Davis over Davion Mitchell for a little stretch in the fourth quarter, and one of those reasons is because sometimes, even though Davion didn't have a bad game today, he had twelve points on two five, but I just felt like the Warriors left them open a lot today because they don't trust his jump shot. So I think. Mike was trying to figure it out to where, okay, well, they don't respect him enough. They're going to play off of him and sag and just clog the paint for a guy like Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. So let me put Terrence Davis in there. And we saw that it wasn't great because at the end of the day, Steph Curry is so smart that he's always going to ask for the switch anyway. So even if, to me, even if Davion's in the game, Steph Curry wants no business of Davion Mitchell. So he's going to ask for that, for that switch right away. And he's going to hunt who? He's going to hunt Kevin Herter. And that's what he did tonight. Uh, on multiple, most of those points came on Kevin on, on, on that, you know, uh, on that cycle fadeaway into him. I think that was a foul. They didn't call it. And then that push off that he got away with for three to take the lead on Kevin Herter. And he's just so good, man. Like you say, he's just out of this world. Steph Curry, just a real deal. Top three player in the world right now. To me, it's Luka, Giannis, Steph. Um, but definitely, he's just a special, special talent. So I think Kevin has a lot of work to do defensively. We'll see what happens there. And then De'Aaron Fox, just spectacular. Uh, All-star this year for sure. 28 points, 205, 10-12. He's finally hitting free throws, 8-70 from the field. He, As Ty said, he's a smooth operator. His game is really smooth. He's not all about speed, even though he can use that speed, but he definitely gets to his spots in a very smooth way. Shout out to Ty for you know being there. I haven't posted everything he sent me yet, but you know, I'm sure he had a good night tonight. Uh, just that last call kind of ruined it for a lot of people. But what did you think about De'Aaron Fox's game tonight? I mean, De'Aaron Fox did De'Aaron Fox things. He's an all-star caliber point guard, 28 points, two rebounds, six assists. 37 minutes of play. I mean, that's not a bad night for De'Aaron, but I think, you know, again, he's capable of more, and he had a great night, but he's still, you know, I wouldn't say underwhelming, but, you know, I feel like if he could run back that game, I think he feel like he could have dropped 35. But nonetheless, he still had a fantastic outing. Like, I'm not, not unhappy with this, you know, uh, stat line. He had 28 points. He, like I said, we uh, look at his game in its totality. You know, 28-2-6, I'll take it. But, again, 
Steph Curry is not of this world. And it's not even about Steph Curry. Like I said, if Steph Curry had an average night, the Kings blow out the Warriors. Steph Curry had to have a monstrous performance for the Warriors to win by three. That's a good sign for the Kings. Like, even though I'm out there talking about, yeah, I'll go out there and hit the ref in the mouth. You're right, I will. And I still would, and I would this very moment. And I will tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. But what I'm saying is the Kings played the Warriors to the last second. the Literally the last second. Like, with the Kings at full strength, the Warriors at full strength. And I don't want to hear the, oh, this, that. No, 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 no. The Warriors were on the ropes. And I, I'm not about no moral victory. But the Kings in the past season, when they're playing the Warriors at full strength, they're getting blown out by 20-plus. 15 plus. Yeah. It's not even a game. Halftime, it's over. Third quarter, like, okay. They mustered. We're over here. The broadcast before Chris became assistant coach, you know, Christian Napier or, you know, Mark Jones and Napier mm-hmm. or Mark Jones and uh, Christian. Mark Jones and uh, Christensen. Oh, let's just have the league cut to, you know, 10 or less. The Warriors were tripping. Uh-huh. Like, whoa. The Kings rotate on defense. They move the ball on offense. They, they, they're playing stout. Majority, if not every second throughout the second half, they played great, fantastic basketball in the first half. It came down to the last two minutes. And again, where the Kings blew the game with the foul call and such, there still was another crucial error by the referees in the last 10 seconds of the game. But the game being decided like that, showing the Kings have made significant strides and improvement. I'm not saying they're a top seven, top six seed in the West, but they're not playing the way they played the last three seasons under Walton and Gentry, respectively. I, I can't the, – the Warriors, whether they want to admit it or not, because they're the Warriors and they can pump their chests out because they're four-time champions in eight years. That's understood. Respect to the Wolves they were. But the Warriors cannot go up to the stand and say the Kings are just average at best. No, they cannot. The Kings gave them every out, and, and they can't say it was just a fluke because the, the Heat was the same way. Uh, two nights ago when they beat when they won on the buzz beater against Orlando, who beat the Golden State Warriors, who Orlando has a potentially great start in five. Yeah. With their future four, they beat them in a last possession. Again, the Kings aren't playing the best defensively, but they're not the last in the league defensively in their defensive rating. And again, they're putting up points. Again, but you can't have the miscues with that foul on Curry. You can't have a non-call from the ref on her. You can't have Harrison Barnes not scoring any points. You can't have Rashawn Holmes not touching the the paint. Better yet, not touching the court because of whatever reason. If you're going to have KZ not play, make it for a plausible reason, not because, oh, we want to play the veteran right now. Because, no, 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 no. The best players need to play. I'm not saying he's better than Harrison Barnes, but when he was yeah. playing defensively for us in the first five games or so, he was playing stout defense in the perimeter and was a beast and monster to be reckoned with in the interior when he had guards and even other wings that were smaller, if not the same size as him, were trying to drive into the interior and get to the cup. He was making plays. And, and I just can't sit there and accept him not going from a starter to him not playing at all. I don't think that's any way they reform just something that we should accept. It's tough. It, it's, it's tough, as you said. I, I prefer for them to, to start that man with Keegan Murray. He gives you a lot defensively, lots of versatility. You don't have to put Fox on the other team's best player, at, at least in the beginning, right, where Fox exerts a lot of energy. That really hasn't affected his offense, which is insane. But just imagine how much better he could be down the stretch in the fourth where you do have to clamp down the way he did on Tyler Hero that night where he only had 17 points, 12 rebounds. But he had major, major defensive stops on Tyler Hero, who was just a straight bucket. So you can see the the advantages that a team gets when they play a, a KZ. And even when you say a guy like Matisse Thybul, right? 
who isn't really playing much right now um, for the sixth or at least he wasn't in the beginning of the year because you know he can't really score the same he's in the same boat as a guy like KZ long athletic I do think he's a better defender than, than KZ just slightly but at what cost am I willing to bring him in to just essentially be a little bit better when you already have that at a super just kind of rate in KZ? So why not play him now? And that's why I'm so confused and perplexed because he played with him on Team Nigeria and he knows that this team sucks on defense. And yet he's not playing the best defender on this on, on this team, at least from at least the best wing defender. Because Davion is pretty good. I mean, he's one of the best on ball defenders. The problem is as I said earlier, Steph Curry wants no business. Nobody wants anything to do with Davion. So it's so easy in today's NBA to just, you know, hunt the weakest guy on the team and get the switch. So I get it. Sometimes Davion fights over screens, and that's great. But sometimes when you have a real screener, like, it's just hard. Like, it, it's hard to give Steph any type of space. So it's hard to not, you know, switch that. So I get it. Um... You know, Trey Lyles didn't give you much tonight. Metsu, 15 minutes. I thought he was really good, man. I know he might have a few slip-ups on defense, but he brought the energy. He altered some shots defensively. I think he well, he had zero blocks, but again, it's sometimes it's not the blocks that you get, but the shots that you change. And Metsu did that, at least in my opinion, he did tonight. He had that major dunk, which was real nice, right? He's a lob threat. So... Mike Brown went with the smaller Metsu to play center. He he played small ball, and that's what he believes gave this team the best shot to win the game. I still think you should have given Rashawn Holmes a shot tonight. They didn't. So if their plan is to trade him at the deadline, well, they're not doing themselves any favors by literally not showcasing him. So that's that's a mistake there. Again, Davion Mitchell did not have a bad game. 12, 12 points off the bench, 5 of 11, 2 of 5. Um he always plays good defense, but it just comes down to whether or not a team's going to be able to, or, or a player that he's guarding, you know, will want to do anything with him in terms of like going going up against going up against him one on one. And sometimes, like he's just so low to the ground, he's so strong that guys are just asking for the switch right away. So, you know, good for him. Keegan Murray, man, I, I know he started off hot this year. He hasn't had the best of games as of late. Six points tonight, two of seven, one of four. I thought he wasn't as confident. Like, he typically just takes a ton of shots, and you can see his confidence. And tonight, he passed up on a lot of open shots. Your thoughts on this game tonight? Um, You know, I just, again, I feel like from start to finish, you know, we see the capability of what they can do and what he can do. But – the, the totality of what we watch in, in the grand scheme of things, I just feel as if, you know, the sky's the limit in regards to, like I said, the overall product and, and the regime's uh, philosophy and formula they haven't derailed from. So the better each and every player on this roster is, including him and every other player we watch play, including against the opponents that we watch, which obviously we watch Curry go for 47. They know with Mike Brown's utilage that Curry's going to get his no matter what you do. Take everybody else away, and this is the results you get. With the Kings, you see players passing up shots. You see Kings not making, you know, the most, you know, uh, critical shots. But nonetheless, 
Leo, you were tuned in and, and you were, most importantly, you were aware and cognizant of paying attention to the game until literally the clock struck, struck zero, zero, zero. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to sit there and, and harp on the call. Eventually, the Kings are going to do something or the NBA is going to do something to, to change the narrative of how they view the Kings from the referee standpoint. But again, how many how many times have the Kings got blown out this year? Maybe two, mm-hmm. maybe three at the very most. And that's maybe maybe once. But in the day, it's we're nine games through, and the Kings have been competitive in almost every single game. How many times can you say that? And yeah, they're three and six, but they very easily could be five and three right now. They could be six and three right now, or excuse me, they could be five and four right now. They could be six and three right now, and we're we have another seventy three games to go. Like I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, and I'm not saying that because we played the worst last second. I'm saying that because Jaren Fox has developed into an all star nine games into the season. Whether he'll commit or rather compute and, and and continue that for the next seventy games plus, that's another story to be had. Kevin Herter is a solid two guard, a true shooting guard in the NBA. You know, right. Keegan Murray has had his ups and downs, his lows, but we know what he can be, what he's shown, and what he's going to be, uh, you know, eventually evolved into. So, bonus is a walking double-double that can pass the basketball. Um, you know, Davion Mitchell, solid point guard off the bench. Do you think he's a point guard? Not plays stout defense. Terrence Davis is streaky, but very, you know, when he's on, he's on. Malik Monk is a starter in the NBA. In the NBA, in my opinion, that plays off the bench because he knows that's better suited for his role. You know, I think he, he sees the Jordan Poole role. Uh, from Mike Brown's standpoint and Malik Monk and, and how he plays, because Jordan Poole is also starting the NBA, but he comes off the bench because he has that role where he can put up 15 and 20 a night being the backup two guard. Um, the backup four or five is kind of like, you know, an every other night type of thing. They'll go from Metu and Lyles. Then they'll, you know, potentially go Rashawn for some nights. And then they'll even use, um, you know, Keegan as a three, four, or they'll, you know, find a way to, just have all of them on the court at the same time in regards to Rashawn with uh, either Metu and or Lyles, or they'll put Keegan at the four and they'll keep Harrison, or they'll have Harrison for either or. I'm not upset with the roster. They're about a piece or two away, and that's why I still think, you know, they need to package one of those players, if not both, Rashawn and Harrison, if not both, and, and find a way to get a true wing right. and get back up to fin off the bench. This is you interesting right Bones Bones And two picks for Laurie Markley and Mike Conley or Malik Beasley. I wouldn't be. I I would not be mad at this. Um, I would do. Would they do all three players for all three and our two picks, or that that's too much of a stretch? Would they do? Would they do marketing Conley and Beasley for Davion Barnes, Holmes, and two picks? I would do that. No, would the Utah Jazz do that? I think they would, just because they were very clear in the direction that they wanted to go in before the year, and right now their team is just overperforming, and they're like, damn, like. We got to trade some of these guys away because we're going to keep winning games. And I really do think that they want to go for a guy like Wemby. So, that'd, you know, be a solid, that'd be a solid play to put Laurie at the three and have Mike Conley as your backup point guard and have Malik Beasley be that extra wing off the bench that we've seen in Thibault, like a two-three combo. I mean, I think that would be fantastic. It's just a matter of are the Kings willing to give on Davion this early and are the Kings willing to make that move and are the Utah Jazz comfortable with sending away a player like Laurie Marketing right now who's – had an outstanding, you know, 10 Well, Laurie's not a three, but, I mean, like, he can play yeah, last he year. Play, he can play Keegan at the three because Keegan is showing Right. So, you know, it, as opposed to four. as opposed to defining guys, right, like, Keegan's already shown that he's smart enough from an IQ perspective, awareness-wise, that he can guard 
a three, even though I was completely wrong about him because I didn't see it in the tape, but he just takes such great angles as a slower player. But his IQ was just so good, and, and his understanding of, of angles is so impressive to me. So you would have a front line of Keegan Laurie and, and Sabonis. Obviously, adding a guy like Laurie is going to help you some in, in, in the rebound department as well. So you can play lineups where you have Laurie and Keegan, you know, at the four and five. Um, to me, Laurie is a, a straight four. A lot of people think Sabones is a four and not a five, but I don't think that's a bad thing because now you can play more of your guards in that second unit. So say you stagger, say you start Laurie and Sabonis, then when you go to the bench, you can play Laurie at the five because he is seven feet tall. And then you can, you know, put Monk, Herder, Fox, or a combination of Davion and just run that lineup with uh, with the four there. I think that trade makes a lot of sense. Malik Beasley gives you a punch off the bench, um, as Javi said, at the two, uh, potentially the three. Again, most of these guys are interchangeable at the two and the three. It just comes down to can you guard a three? Kevin can guard a three. Malik can guard a three. Beasley can guard a three. But they, uh, but you know, in retrospect, those three's got to guard them as well. So it, it's one of those give or take type of things. And then Mike Conley, uh, he would be exactly what the team needs off the bench, right? A true playmaking point guard that can play in the pick and roll, that can shoot the three point shot. Yes, he's old, but he can still play. And this would be a move that I believe would solidify the Kings as a playoff team. Let us know in the comments below what you guys think. That's a great trade there by RP. Keep the comments coming. There's a lot of comments that we haven't gotten to. So that's so th those are my thoughts on that. So I would they do that? I think it's a good haul for them. They get an expiring deal. They get a young player in Davion. And they get two picks. What are those two picks? Are they two first? Are they a first and a second? I think that's where it can get truly dicey, but Laurie Marketing right now is playing out of his damn mind. So his 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 value is at an all-time high. Like Laurie is just killing right now. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.